0: I was very lucky to have giants in the struggle. By giants, firstly I speak about my father Musa Ismail Mir, Fatima Mir, her husband Ismail Mir. These were real giants in the struggle, certainly both nationally and regionally.
1: Coming from a family of strong liberation heroes whose names have been etched in South Africa's history, it was a natural progression that Dr. Faruk Mir would also become known as one of those who broke the shackles of apartheid.
0: And whenever you are walking in those days, you know, central Durban grey street complex, you go past and you see white swimming in a certain place and you say, George, why the hell I can't swim over there? And then you go to the park and you just want to lie down for a few moments and then you go and sit on that bench, there's a whites only sign. So that pervades every facet of your one's life.
1: Dr. Mead was educated at a convent school in Durban and the Dundee High School. In the year 1956 he moved to Dublin in Ireland and enrolled to study medicine at the Royal College of Surgeons. It is here that his thirst to be part of an equal society began to heighten.
0: And we mixed with a lot of the African students there. I, I remember we run the anti- colonialism campaign in Dublin. So there was always one cause or the other that we needed support. So when I came to back to South Africa, and that was in 1962 as a newly qualified doctor, the situation was that all political organizations were banned. The NIC was not ruled out as an organization that was not allowed to exist in the way the ANC was not allowed to openly work
1: Mir quickly becomes a member of the Natal Indian Congress and began to mobilize communities for underground work for the organization.
0: In the early 60s, things were very, very tight. The security branch was just locking up people, putting them in jail and just harassing them. You weren't seeing much political activity. But then after... 1976, I'd say, when the, the Soweto uprisings started. That is when there was some space opened for us to work. It was at that point in time that a small group of people, including myself, but the lead person was Mewa Ramgobin, took the lead role and said, why not revamp and let's start the Natal Indian Congress. It also gave us a cover to be in contact with ANC.
1: The Natal Indian Congress, of which Mir became its vice president later on, spent a great deal of time assisting local communities with grassroots problems. This was more often than not a cover-up for the underground political work for the organization at the time. I asked about any fears he may have felt being caught by the security police.
0: Well, the first thing is that you are quite prepared to get caught. So you accept the fact that consciously that this is dangerous work that you are going to do. And so... So you take this says, fine. I know the difficulties that are involved, but we're going for this. One way to do this was this business of mass mobilization. That's where I've learned my politics. Is that work on day-to-day problems. People in Chatsworth who cannot get housing, or they are paying too much for their housing. So you call yourself... Chatsworth Housing Committee. The aim is to get down to the grassroots and we used to go door to door.
1: Dr Mir was often arrested, held in solitary confinement and mentally abused by security police who often tried to break the spirit of political prisoners.
0: Being in solitary confinement, I was twice and twice. They picked us up early, early hours of the morning and then they took you to prison there. You don't know which prison you are going to go to. Some of these cells are very huge. You can have about 20 beds on the one side and 20 beds on the other side.
1: Dr. Mir's late sister Fatima Mir and her husband Ismail Chotamir were both exceptionally close friends with former President Nelson Mandela. Dr. Mir remembers the days when the trio would often meet to strategize political moves against the opposition.
0: There was a building in Johannesburg called Colvert House. Colvard House number 13 was occupied by my brother-in-law and some relative who happened to be in that home too. Mandela used to bring him to that home and used to stay there and eat his mutton curry and rice and all that type of thing. And just like any students or anybody else, they got together. He was mobilizing for the African National Congress, Mandela, and mobilizing for the Indian community was the Transvaal Indian Congress. So lots of meetings used to take place between the ANC and the Trans Indian Congress.
1: Dr. Mir was part of the younger generation of activists after Nelson Mandela, Walter Sisulu, and Ahmed Katrada. He relates an interesting story of a 16 year old Cathy challenging an older Mandela for votes.
0: Cathy told Mandela one, one of these meetings he had you go out into the townships, and I'll go with the townships with you. You tell me how many votes you get, and I'll tell you one thing I'm going to beat you. And Mandela was most upset because he was still regal and royal. And he complained to I C. Mir that that fellow, you'll better keep a hand. And at that time, Cathy was just 16 years old. Can you imagine a 16-year-old speaking to an African prince?
1: The ANC, under the leadership of Nelson Mandela at the time, did not take very easily to partnering with the Natal Indian Congress, despite calls for their reunion by the stalwart Walter Sisulu.
0: After one meeting, when Walter Sisulu saw how the Indians were operating, told Mandela, you know, these guys are worth meeting. They are doing good work. We know what it is and we can work with them. ANC was a bankrupt organization financially. Whereas Indians, because of the merchant class that we had, a strong merchant class, who were very supportive of the Trans-Indian Congress, primarily because of the linkage it had with Mahatma Gandhi. So the TIC had the money. At the end of the meeting, on one side, the Transvaal Indian Congress people were walking and on the other side, Mandela was walking. because Mandela refused to walk with the Indians. Walter Sisulu and I.C. Mir. Tell Mandela, how long can you carry on? What else must they do to be recognized by you? Because these are genuine people. That is how I.C. Mir and Mandela became so close that when Mandela comes out of Polsmo Prison and into the community. The first night he, he tells IC Mir to get out of his bed and he sleeps in IC Mir's bed.
1: Now at the ripe old age of 79, Dr Mir is a retired medical surgeon who spends a great deal of his time with his three children and his wife Rashida Mir. Looking back at his political life, he's pleased that South Africa is now able to enjoy a democracy that he was part of achieving.
0: I just feel good that what we set out to do was achieved. And people now could live a freer life and know what it is to live in a democracy. And that is what gave me great satisfaction until Mr. Zuma came along.
1: Looking at the current political administration, Dr. Faruk Mir believes that only a change of the constitution can bring about stability.
0: If they don't change the constitution, the same thing is going to repeat itself. The next guy who takes over is going to use the same tactics as Zuma did. Zuma's tactic was to clear everybody out and bring all his pals, people whom he knows very well, who are corrupt people, and put them in those seats wherever they are, whether ministers or whether they were in parliament. Slowly over the years, and he's been there long enough, he's weeded out everybody who is, any man, person who is of substance. We should have thrown Zuma out a long time ago, but because of this Patronage business. They used to go, they used to discuss it and they did nothing. They let him carry on.
1: For Newsbreak, I'm Prabhashni Mudli in Durban.